0: What's up, legends? On this episode of the podcast, I talk shop with Hoyt Rohrer. He's the head of operations for the sales team at Glockner Enterprises. And for the local entrepreneurs listening, I'm speaking directly to you now. Do you realize that the supercomputers that we carry around in our pockets have taken away the huge advantage that big businesses used to have over you? Once we as small businesses have embraced that technology and take advantage of that opportunity in front of us, then Amazon just isn't as scary anymore. With that said, Hoyt and I really dug into what it takes to set the standard that other businesses aspire to match, as well as what it looks like to pair local business with cutting-edge customer experience. And of course, every single episode of this has been made possible by Glockner Chevrolet. They're a huge part of the good things that are happening here in Portsmouth. So when you or anyone you know is ready to make a vehicle purchase, make sure to visit glockner.com to get started. Enjoy the episode. Bernard
1: Glockner died in 1876.
2: It is to recall that the funeral cordage was the largest ever seen.
0: This is the Local Legends Podcast. We're live on the Local Legends Podcast. This is episode 14. Hoyt Royer is sitting here with me. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, going? Good, man. Happy uh, to have you on the podcast. I
2: appreciate you having me.
0: So, um, Hoyt, you're new to the team here, but you've been in the business for, for quite a while and have brought a lot of experience to the table. Um, tell our listeners what your background is and how you joined the team.
2: My background comes from, I guess, auto sales. Uh, In 1997, I ended up uh, inadvertently getting into the business when uh, I worked for Coca-Cola Bottling Company and we consolidated some routes and I lost my route. And I ended up going into a uh, detail department Mm -hmm. in a car dealership in uh, Virginia. So that's where I started and I just worked up into sales and so forth and down the road. The company I was with in May of 2010, uh we got located I, you know, I got relocated to the ashland kentucky market mm-hmm. and uh one of the guys who worked for me we were going to a golf tournament the memorial golf tournament up in, up in dublin ohio and he said hey i want to stop and introduce you to somebody's your nearest competitor on you know going northwest from you and it was tim glockner and we stopped by the dealership at tonda toyota store and tim was there and he met us there and he showed me around and it was just a I was really blown away with the opportunity to meet him at that point in time. I was intrigued with, you know, just how family-driven he was and, and what was there, and our relationship sparked then. Mm. And we stayed in touch for 10 years, all the way up until just recently, and we'd always laughed about it. You know, would there ever be a time, would there ever come an opportunity where, you know, him and I would, you know, join teams and, and, and go at it? Because our ages, we're, we're kind of the same age. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, we come up through the same air and, I think the respect that I had for him is what was really, really drawing me towards him. Mm. And uh, I would come to Portsmouth, my wife and I, me and Jennifer would come over and spend time with any kind of the, uh, like the the Portsmouth days, the the boat races, the things we would come over and and meet up with Tim, and we'd just go and he would show me around and introduce me to people, and we'd done it for you know, several years. Yeah. That's, then,
0: that's pretty uncommon, especially, I don't know, I feel like most of the time car dealers call or call their competitors to kind of maybe siphon information out of each yeah. other or bluff a little bit. It's not really usually a a friendship, you know. Yeah.
2: And that don't have to, you know, I guess a lot of dealerships are that way, but, uh-huh. you know, Tim and myself, you know, we, we were far enough apart. We didn't have that animosity between one another. You know, we dealer traded cars back and forth over the years. uh we would ride to meetings together. We would sit together at meetings. You know, we would go to a Honda meeting and be together. You know, it was just, you know, good people. And, uh, mm. and that meant a lot to me. Sure. And then this past fall, when Jennifer and I come over to uh, to an event that was going on in Portsmouth, we were talking, and Tim took me and showed me the, the museum. They'd just kind of gotten everything up and going with it. And mm. we were just chatting, and it led to other conversation. And, you know, we just started talking about what if, you know, if, mm. if, if we were— if I was to come to work here and we go to work with one another, what we would do and how it would play out and kind of just combining knowledge and and different personalities.
0: Yeah, and the question I want to ask um, of you with all this to kind of drop some value for maybe some small business owners that are listening that maybe have competitors that they'd like to get to know better because they're living, you guys were living similar lifestyles even sure. when you were competitors, right? Absolutely. So, like, what's what's definitely interesting about you joining the team is that that you and Tim built this friendship uh, when you were still competitors. And so, I'll ask, like, how do two competitors in the local marketplace like get past the bottom line and work together, like, find a common good?
2: Yeah, you know, I think both of us realized that there is more than ample opportunity to hmm. provide to people their wants and needs for automobile service, be it. Be it purchasing a new car, getting service work done, um, you know, I would trade for a, a Chrysler product, you know. And Tim and them, they own the Chrysler store in Ashland, Kentucky. So I would send my vehicle to them for any warranty work and so forth. You know, through the dealership, you just, you just got to understand that there's a there's a big there's a big market within the small market that, and there's plenty to go around. And if everybody just took the time to work together, mm. I think the customer base realizes that more. And they look at it and say, "Hey, there's no animosity there." You know, there's if I if if I offered a new product to a customer that they didn't want, then I would send it to them to Tim if they wanted to buy a Dodge. Mm. You know, it's just it was just, and I think customers appreciate that. Yeah, you know, and when two dealers and two operators understand that that's the case and that's the basis for it, to where you can work together within the same community and same market to service the same customer base, it makes it a, you know. More of a smooth transition
0: absolutely uh-huh. the the Glockner team is back at the stores as of Monday and we're recording this yes. on Wednesday. Um, you know as well as I do that we're assessing you know every part of this sales process daily and uh, trying to adjust and give our confident like customers full confidence that our sales process is faster, easier, safer than it's than it's ever been, especially in the times that we're on now. And uh, not only that, I know, And as well as you and the sales team know that that we want to set a standard that other people aspire to match. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So, for you personally, like, where do you start every day to set that tone of excellence?
2: We have realized going into this that the dynamics of how we go to business every day is drastically going to change Mm. moving forward, and it just changes how we have to get up and come to work every day. Mm. Um, You know, we're we have an obligation and a civic duty to our customers that you know. through this we've you know, we're showing up to work a little earlier since we've opened back up we spend time now instead of having our morning sales meetings consist of going around and cleaning everything wiping everything down getting everything ready to go to market hmm. um, I think we have this is going to force us to become much better providers of customer service um, you know to provide them the optimal customer service to any customer be it sales, service, test drives. The common questions we used to get where you know, the customers would come in and we would sit face-to-face and talk. It's not gonna be the case anymore. And mm. we're, we're, we're doing a lot more of that hundreds of miles apart. I mean, we've got people, we just had a guy drove down day before yesterday from Pennsylvania and picked up a new Chevy truck from us. Mm. and We handled all the process, very little was face-to-face at all. And I think that's the direction we need to go with it. Uh, it I think the end result will be better for a customer. I think dealers who have realized that it is now all about the customer experience and the less burden we can put on a customer, the better off that dealer will be. Mm. It's going to force a dealer to make themselves the obvious choice to buy a car from. Mm. And, you know, we're just, we're striving hard to retrain our salespeople to adapt that mentality and that philosophy and our managers alike. You know, they have to change their processes.
0: Absolutely. I was sat in a wonderful webinar with David Kane yesterday and he was like emphasizing one of the main points of the talk was like experience is the new brand, right? Right. So it's not just like we we are family owned and we are the oldest Chevrolet dealer in the in the business, but that customer experience is something that we prize above everything else, right? That we're Absolutely. just as progressive as
2: probably one of the biggest things a lot of people have asked what what brought me to the Glockner organization mm. and there is no doubt their ability to deliver the most optimal customer experience is just intriguing with me and it's always has been you know they've they're they're just an amazing family it's family based mm. and you know I was really my very first day here I mean we had a we had a we had a meeting and we were it was the my December the 2nd my first day here and we had a kind of a corporate uh, meeting that took place down at the museum and i, I walked into this room and there's a great big table and i sat down and i ended up getting stuck you know i got set right beside andy glockner <laughs> and I'd, I'd never really even met him and i'm sitting there and we're everybody's talking and they're and they're just the dialogue was great and and mr glockner leaned over and he put his hand on my leg and he leaned over and he whispered in my ear he said "I'm i'm so proud to have you on this team welcome to the family And I think that meant more to me than what anybody can imagine. Yeah. You know, when he said, welcome to my family. Mm. And that's the energy you feel throughout this entire organization.
0: Absolutely. That's the
2: mindset. Well, that is what sets them apart from most dealers to be able to deliver that experience that I was just talking about.
0: Of course. You know,
2: they truly understand what it's like to be the obvious choice to buy a car from. Mm. So we're we're left to set the standard and the bar for every other dealer to, to operate at.
0: Mm. and you're right that customer experience and that desire for excellence comes from genuine relationships that they have that we have as a staff and try to build as a staff so that that transfers to our customers and they can see that and Andy Lochner said it perfectly like on his episode of the podcast he said we're here because we surrounded ourselves with great people right and so that's the focal point they use in all of this and it's able to helps us be more progressive yes for Um, sure
2: Several years ago, I heard Tim make a comment. We were we were sitting at a uh, at a meeting, and him and I were talking. Mm. And he was he asked me through the conversation of you know how was my transition into the Ashland community and in the Kentucky community where I got relocated to in 2010. Mm. And and I heard him make the comment when we were talking about it. He said, you know, we believe at Glockner that when you take so much from a community, that you ought to give right back to that community. You know much more than you ever ever take from it, hmm. and when you come into this area, you see so much of that, yeah. and uh, and that's 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 really important. It's the reason that Jennifer and myself, you know, we're we're relocating, moving over into the Portsmouth, Ohio area, and you know, and this is going to be home because I believe the same way. If you if you're going to take from a community, hmm. then you ought to certainly give back to it.
0: Absolutely. So, and then as far as like the car buying experience. So you're head of operations here, Hoyt, and um, know like what our people are doing on the ground and are helping give them guidance on how, not that they don't treat customers with respect. I feel like that's always been the core value, but how can they more optimally serve and make it more customer centric? Um, so what have your thoughts been on that and how are we like continuing to pivot toward towards being the most customer centric dealer in the U.S.?
2: I think a lot's going to, you know, we talked about the way how we go to market anymore. You Mm -hmm. know, how we, you know, everybody has a, you know, uh, our new GM product or our new Honda product, our new Toyota product. There's a cost factor involved in that vehicle that lines up with every other dealer across the United States. Mm -hmm. You know, a a Honda Accord costs the same here as it does anywhere else. And I think the dealer that goes back to what we talked about, who makes themselves the obvious choice and offers every reason in the world of no excuses why you shouldn't buy a vehicle here mm-hmm. or why you shouldn't have your vehicle serviced here um when you start delivering that 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 experience to the customer not and i don't talk about marketing anybody can jump online or put an ad out there on the tv and say hey we're the best place to buy a vehicle sure sure us. no that's not what i'm talking yeah about. but
0: what that, makes you the right, best what right? makes yeah. us
2: the best when you step up and you know we, the Glarkin organization gives somebody a lifetime powertrain warranty on a car,
1: mm.
2: and there's no there's no hooks or gimmicks to that. There's no issues with that. Tim and them believe that if you spend your money here on a car, that is a new vehicle, and then you do what you're supposed to do in the manufacturer's eyes, maintenance wise, that if for your reward for that money, you shouldn't have to worry about spending money on major repairs down the road with the engine or transmission issues. Mm-hmm. You know, and our financing team is just, you know, we have the ability to get people financed who've never had an opportunity uh, through conventional financing before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's no reason whatsoever that if you darken the doors here and you have a job that you can show that your ability to pay for the car is adequate, that you should be able to buy a vehicle from us. Mm-hmm. And that's the message that we've got to get out there, but it's also what we need to, we need to make sure we deliver.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
2: so... You know, what makes us the best in the universe is just having that customer base to give us the opportunity. And let us show you why we're the obvious choice.
0: Absolutely. Um,
2: every every situation is different. There's no cookie cutter to any car deal. Mm. And when you have salespeople out here, I'm blown away with the fact. i got a salesman out here who's been here for 33, 34 years. Mm. Tony, car, Tony, is it Tony? Tony? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that is just amazing. Yeah. And yet Tony still goes right on the lot. Does a meet and greet with a new customer that pulls on and just welcomes them to the dealership. Yeah. And it's just mind blowing to me.
0: And it's incredible. Tony's had customers that have spent half a million dollars in vehicles with it's crazy. Him. You dude, know what it's I mean? And it's, just... it's purely based on the the trust that they know he's the guy that's going sure. to deliver the best experience and give them the best deal. And you know what I mean? Be right. really uh, transparent with them. But on your your points, what I think we can really sum up our efforts and the three things that customers say over and over that they're trying to get out of their buying experience, which is really just a faster process, Mm -hmm. you know, and technology is helping us speed that up. You can see it with a, like, you know, a kiosk at McDonald's. It's the same kind of concept. Faster process, transparency through people you trust, like TC. And then, of course, convenience. I mean, that's why we host all of our information, taxes and fees online, so people can shop when they're ready to shop and they have a full understanding of what they're walking into before they come into the store. So it's a, the, what easy path is a part of in the process.
2: Yeah, you know, the, the easy path that we put out there for our car buying experience here, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could get everybody to just... Everybody, customer-wise, to just take a real deep breath and go through that process and just mm. just test the theory on it. Absolutely, it's, it's. I think years ago, and not that it's so much now, but years ago, I remember being in the when being in the business. We dealers marketed to a customer totally different than they do now. Yeah. There was so many what they would refer to as a smoking mirror that was out there. You know, you <laughs> put all these all these promises out there, and then you print these little disclaimers on the back of the page that nobody could read and it just led such a bad taste in a lot of a lot of people's mouths and of course you know there's one thing that we pride ourselves in here is you know there is no there's nothing that's hidden in anything we do I mean there's no disclaimer that needs to say oh, this doesn't include dealer prep fees and Mm -hmm. delivery allowances and things of that nature and you know, it's fun to talk to customers and I love to just go up to a customer and thank them for coming into the store. Mm -hmm. And if conversation leads, you ask, well, what brought you here? Sure. And when you find the ones that get by, the fact that the name, the recognition, the family that I've been buying cars here for, you know, my grandfather bought them here 60 years ago. When you get through that and the customer just looks at you and says, you know, I got online, I put in an application. Next thing you know, I didn't have to beg Plead and bar for pricing, payments, what my trade's worth. Right. All of that is very upfront and put out there for a customer to look at. Mm-hmm. And I think there's still a lot of customers that don't trust that theory behind what we do because I think yeah. there's still some smoke and mirror out there that some people are afraid of. And that's just certainly not what we do. I Absolutely. Mean, it's, it's just, it is very cut and dry, and here it is.
0: Yep. And that that's exactly what we're accomplishing with EasyPath. I mean like the traditional model that the dealer that's trying to get a few extra 100 dollars sure. out of you is to like hold back as much information as possible online so yes. that you have to fill out a form and then they'll give you the information they want you Absolutely. to. Yep. So with EasyPath we provide all that information up front and you're really informed on what your payment is, what sure. your trade's worth through Kelly Blue Book and able to you know submit your application right there at the same time. Um,
2: And a lot of that leads to, you know, are we going to always be the cheapest dealer out there? Not necessarily, you know, and I don't, I think a lot of people, you know, when asked why we're $300 more than another dealer on the same vehicle, Mm. well, maybe because we've done something in reconditioning on a vehicle or we've added a, a dealer installed option or something that's made that vehicle just a better vehicle for a customer yeah of course and and sometimes maybe the cheapest way to go is not always the best way to go you know Mm -hmm. when you're talking about just a a few hundred dollars on a you know seventy thousand dollar purchase yeah so there's a lot of things that that weigh into what a vehicle costs and what the price points are Mm -hmm. Uh, i know we certainly invest in our dealerships and our people and in our community more than most any dealers do yeah prime example is the bdc department that which you've you've been very you know driven and opening up you know we've got a team of team of people on board now that are just quick to respond and answer to anybody's questions of course any phone calls they don't have to get put on hold it goes straight to an apartment mm. where those those people are trained to answer questions yeah and and you know all those things come with with cost of course you know? and it uh it's just it's a tough tough market to sell cars in anymore
0: yeah but you're you're right and i guess everyone's question is always like what is the cheapest option sure. but but our approach is to just be really transparent with people why our vehicle is priced the way it is sure. i mean that's that's the most we can do there's always going to be a cheaper car quote unquote right. you know yeah. what i mean but that begs a lot of question of you know <laughs> does it need brakes does it need tires right. doesn't need you know what i mean which you'll run into a lot with the used vehicles specifically sure and yeah. one
2: of the phrases we don't use here is you know hey look this used car is as is Yeah. Uh, You know, it it breaks my heart a lot of times to see customers go and buy a pre-owned vehicle from a dealer that has low reputation, Mm. who's not been in the market for a long time, and that customer, look, they spend a, it's a big purchase. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're committing a large portion of their monetary lifestyle to that vehicle. Yeah. And then they show back up six months later because they didn't buy one from us. They bought one $500 cheaper. Or another year older from another dealer, and they've had you know catastrophic you know service issues that a dealer's not there to take care of them. Hmm. One thing about it, it's I've never seen this dealership or even heard of this dealership not doing the right thing by a customer. Hmm. Yeah, they just they value a
0: customer's dollar here. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody, every business makes mistakes, but the the thing that Glockmans have always made good on is that they're going to fix the issue. You know, sure. There is, to sum up the value here which i think we have to start at a place of trust with our customers right that we're involved in the community we know the people we're selling to and people buy from people that they trust and and then from there that's when we can complement that with an optimal like faster process transparency you know convenience all of our salespeople are very entrepreneurial in nature. Like sure. they're developing their own relationships, their own business, and uh, starting a business within the, the Glockner organization, Absolutely. right? So can you speak on that a little bit? Uh, obviously, you have those traits, and that's why you're where you are. Um, a little bit on like what success looks like in a small town, and how would you advise new people trying to find that here?
2: A, sales, a success in a small town is... You know, so many times people put a dollar value to that. You know, mm-hmm. They look up at somebody who's a, you know, who drives $80,000 trucks and got, you know, nice homes and they say, ah, they're successful. Mm. And that's not always the case. What we don't see is the bumps and bruises that that person got, went through to get where they're at. Of course. Um, I think money is just simply a, it, it shows to what level. Maybe somebody, the success they did at running their life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you run your life well then I think the rewards are there. Uh, if What success is for a new person in a small town is, you know, if you, you get into the car business, the success part of it comes from how you market yourself mm-hmm. to the community, how you uphold yourself in that community. What involvement do you have? You know, are you out there being part of a community, supporting the community? Yeah. Yeah. Um, new salespeople come in and they you're 100% right, that is their own business within a business. Mm. It's their responsibility to market to their circle of influence and reach out to that circle. And if they conduct their life in a manner to which that circle looks up to them mm. and it's somebody that they want to do business with. And you know, a lot of times when we look at bringing on a new a new team member here, we look and we'll go straight to a Facebook page for saying, look at their Facebook page yeah. and look at what they're out there doing. You know, are they out there acting a little bit you know, unfavorably in the eyes of the community. Well, we we notice that, and we kind of shy away from it. Maybe sure. that's not fair. I don't know. You know, we all have we've all made mistakes. But if you want to be successful in this business or any business, as far as I'm concerned, when you get to dealing with a community and you're you're involved with that, understand you're being watched, mm. and and you have to conduct yourself accordingly so that there is no repercussions and people looking negatively on that person. Of course. And then, you know, keep in mind, like the, you know, what I've heard the Glockner say: if you're going to take from that community, give back to them. Mm -hmm. You know, go be part of a, go be part of the board. Yeah. You know, go down and help at a food bank. Mm -hmm. Go down and just walk around and thank people for coming to an event. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just upholding yourself and fulfilling your civic duty.
0: Absolutely. Will make
2: you successful.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it. It sounds oversimplified, but really, like, people buy from people that they know and trust, right? And so uh, the worst scenario to be in, whatever your small business is, even if you're not a salesperson here at Glockner, the worst scenario is your friend or someone you know telling you, I I had no idea you sold that or you did that, provided that service, right? Yes. You know, Um so that's a pretty good indicator that that you're not as involved in those people's lives as you think you are. That's correct. You know?
2: mm-hmm. We assume too many times that people just know what we are and what we do. Yeah, and, and that, that they're
0: obligated oh, to yeah. buy from you.
2: That, you know, that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 ironic. I got a situation right now where and it's not a bad situation by any means, but a new sales lady that come aboard that works at Honda and Toyota. Mm-hmm. She has a family member who has bought vehicles here because he's a, he's a GM guy and he has bought vehicles here from a salesperson for I think six vehicles total. He's bought from the salesperson mm. and now she is on board with this team where he's always bought his GM products and uh, the two of them are selling him a new vehicle and they're just going to split the deal. because it's just, <laughs> they just laugh. You know, I got one salesperson that says I've sold him six vehicles and he says, yeah, but this is my niece you know, and it's just, it's just funny watching them work it out. But yeah. That's a prime example of what's there. He didn't even realize she was in the business prior to her coming here. Mm. And they're related.
0: Absolutely. You
2: know? So, yeah, we take for granted a lot of times that people just assume they know what I do. Yeah. Because sometimes people feel like that maybe they're in the business to sell cars, and they're, they're, they don't want to talk about what they do. Yeah. And that's so not right. Mm. Um, this is your career path. Be proud of what you
0: do. Absolutely.
2: Because you can sure as hell be proud of this community, and Mm -hmm. you can be proud of this dealership. Don't ever not be the first one to jump up and say, hey, this is what I do for a living, and this is where I work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many times, salespeople, they feel that that's going to cast a negative light upon them within their circle of influence. Sure. And that's probably with, you know, most business owners probably have employees that are just that way. Yeah. And we don't realize that.
0: Well, everybody thinks, I think, when they come into the business or when you get into car sales and you hear, obviously, you have to sell cars to make your paycheck. Sure. I think everyone gets in the mindset of they have to be in this this transactional mode all the time. Right. Like, you got to be selling, selling, selling everybody. Uh, and, and sound people get kind of weird and super scripty. And then, you know, you're pressuring your family and friends right. to do stuff. At, at the wrong times honestly coming out of that transactional mindset cars are a commodity uh, almost everyone needs one it's not something that you have to force on anybody yeah. it's like when they're ready to buy why did they buy from you just because they know you and like you value them as a as a friend or a family sure. member and then so they, they obviously know that you're the person to trust in the situation right. you know
2: uh, i don't Fortunately, the car industry is so just spontaneous. Mm. It's unbelievable to me how many people will be going down the street from the Chevy store and get a milkshake, and on the way up, they just, <laughs> you know, the 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 wife says, "What are you doing?" He said, "I just want to pull in and look and see what this price of this truck is." You know, sure. you know, a few years from now, I'm gonna. I like the new body style. I'm gonna buy one. Yeah. 45 minutes later, they're leaving in it because that milkshake led to a a purchase of a new Chevrolet truck or something. It's just, it's mind-blowing how spontaneous that is. So yes, you have to keep yourself in front of everybody you can and remind them, this is what I do.
0: Absolutely. Instead of just selling all the time, provide value. Show them you know what you're talking about. And when people ask what you do, that like reassure them um, just by even answering their questions or being really active on social and creating content there to show them that um, you're the obvious like authority trusted authority in the space to yeah. handle their transaction because people people know and understand that there's a bad stigma around car sales sure. and so if you show yourself to be completely opposite of that stigma and uh, you have friends and family around you that that know what you're doing then that like they're gonna support you okay?
1: they will
2: yeah. absolutely. And especially when they have no reason to not. Yeah. Everybody's going to buy a car from somebody. Sure. Um, You know, is this, we live in a world where there's certain organizations going out there and trying to turn it into a vending machine type experience. And (laughs) that's that's always been mind boggling to me, though it's real and we have to face it head on. And, and you know, but in this market, especially, Mm. and when you get into our areas, people don't want a vending machine servicing them. They want to be able to, to have that, that good feel they want to know that the person sitting across from them sure is a tc that's been selling automobiles in this dealership for 34 years and there's a trust factor that far exceeds any experience that mm. they'll get anywhere else I mean, absolutely
0: and and that's an important thing to point out Quite is we have these bigger entities like carvana sure. or even like amazon's the boogie monster to a lot of small businesses those kind of things and not that they don't have legitimate advantages but Nick and uh, Nick Dingle and I were just talking about this specifically with the Carvana example. You don't have they have this really convenient process, right? Yes, and so the reason that that's not sustainable is because our processes are also either at that convenient or becoming that convenient, right? So we're meeting the customer where they want to be met, just like Carvana is. Sure, and once we're both on the same level as far as convenience then the person still needs to choose who they trust to shop with right. <laughs> you Absolutely. know what i mean you know what i mean so i think the reason that Carvana had such a advantage in the marketplace maybe five years ago was because there were still so many dealers that were doing shady stuff right. you know what i mean if
2: you think for one minute that me and my team here won't deliver the car to your driveway yeah pick up your form of payment there or we'll send F and I to you and have you do financing right there on your front porch, drinking a glass of sweet tea in a chair. That's fine with us. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. But pick up the phone and call back Carvana and ask them a question about their financing. Ask them a question about when should I get my service done on my car, hmm. and see what what you what you get. Yeah. Or pick the phone up and call in here. Yeah. You know, and, and you'll see the differences of why there's still a lot of people who want to have that hometown experience
0: exactly. and buy
2: from somebody that they know that has a very, very trusted reputation within a market.
0: Absolutely, and, and pair that Hoyt with the fact that technology gives us the exact same advantages. If we take advantage of it, that these larger entities have, of, right? They of, just, they amazing. love painting the picture that we're like Neanderthals down here yeah. You <laughs> it's, know what I mean?
2: It is not at all. It's just, it's crazy.
0: Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. So as if we as small businesses can position ourselves to do e-commerce, to do uh, virtual retailing and be just as upfront and transparent, then the bigger entities no longer have this big advantage that everyone's scared of.
2: It's amazing to me how much dealers can cut their marketing expenses now if Mm -hmm. they utilize the tools that they have. I mean, Mm. we used to sit and evaluate how much we're spending in marketing, and it was just insane. Sure, I want to go reach hundreds of thousands of people real quick today with something. You just get all your salespeople together and all your managers saying, everybody put this on Facebook, and send it out there. And next thing you know, it's reached far more people than any newspaper ad will reach on Friday morning. Oh man, and with a
0: turnaround time that's so much quicker, the speed to market is incredible. You know
2: So, you know, a lot of small businesses, it's tough to make it now.
0: Yeah.
1: And,
2: you know, our biggest expenses are our people and our marketing mm. and our product. You yeah. Know, that's your biggest expense. And that's the biggest expense in pretty much any business. So every small business owner needs to make sure they're utilizing all their tools in their toolbox.
0: Of course. And
2: and the power of your employees are just it's it's priceless anymore.
0: Yeah. And even uh, let's travel down this road a little farther, because uh, you're you're dropping a lot of value here. Let's talk about um, we can eliminate a lot of those marketing expenses just by taking advantage of what we have here. So how do we further take advantage of what's sitting in front of us? I, I think a big differentiator or like answer to that question can be the difference between always worrying about the bottom line and or looking at the qualitative data, like what's the ROI, the return on investment of being nice to someone. True. You know what I mean? You you can't measure that, but you no. know you know that by treating someone with real respect, they're they're much more likely to return the favor. You know,
2: you can't put a dollar value on Bob and Betty who buy a vehicle in January that goes home. And throughout the course of the next three months that when people ask them about their new vehicle Mm. and they say you know I've I've always bought my vehicles down there from uh, the Glockner organization you know they've they've always treated as great Uh, we've bought ten vehicles from them over the last 40 years yeah yeah there's just no value you can put on that and Mm. that happens so often when you know uh, another customer pulls onto the lot and says you know Bob and Betty was talking about their vehicle they purchased from you all, and uh, we just thought we'd come down and check things out. That's that's free marketing for us.
0: Absolutely.
2: There's there's a 100% return on investment on that. Mm. And the only thing we had to do was just go the extra mile to treat Bob and Betty the way they felt like they should have been treated. 100%. Um, so... You know, what's the value on on the word of mouth and and customer expectations and fulfilling those mm-hmm. it's just priceless
0: you're right companies. and that that comes right back around to the experience the new brand when customers right. really appreciate how they were treated and how easy it was then you know they reciprocated just like perpetuate that through all their conversations right. with their friends right
2: and that's any business that's to approach things mm-hmm. the same way there's not a you know uh, I guess a any restaurant's biggest fear is to only serve a, a guest one time. Yeah,
1: um,
2: and that's the way you got to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, am I doing everything I can to secure this opportunity? But yet, I want to, I want to just nail the coffin shut on every other opportunity that's ever going to come from this family and their circle of influence.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's just so crucial that we make sure we make ourselves the obvious choice to the point that we we're guaranteed another opportunity of course. to service that customer
0: Cellcology is the name of the company put together like a wonderful case study on the difference between Customers that you generate with ads, right? And customers that are repeats and referrals. And just like we're seeing with Tony Christopher and his 30 years of experience and people that have bought half a million, $500,000 worth of product from him, those people that repeat and and come back because of a great experience, they're not arguing with you as much on price because they trust you. The lifetime value is, is bigger. Right, clearly much bigger I think that's an important differentiator especially with local businesses like ours, like if we're updated and our technology can provide the same experience then we're not looking to have one one night stands or one time sales with our customers, Mm -hmm. right, this is a lifelong investment, like we're in this together I support you, you support me and we as a community can start to rise together
2: and look, this has been hard on everybody I am I'm, I'm 48 years old and I come from a, a small town in West Virginia. You know, I grew up in West Virginia and I, I I didn't go through I wasn't deemed to be in the car business so and I wasn't a technology kid. I was always I was you know, I was the kid out and you know, in my era we were out playing, you know, we were you know, just never video games didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. You know, we didn't have I mean cell phones and and that, so it's been a big transition for me in my life. Mm. I've had to change more than anybody over the years with this because you just have to adapt the processes and the change that come yeah but then when you finally quit fighting it and you look up and realize just how much better service that you can provide to a customer
1: mm. and
2: how much easier it is for a customer and how how much we've simplified the car buying experience yeah how much you know through this you know the pandemic that's gone on as they say through this virus we've I've never seen it be so easy to go through a drive-through and get lunch. Yeah, we still try to support our our local restaurants. There was times you'd pull up to a Wendy's and the line would be wrapped around the building, and you're like, "Oh, this is gonna take forever." They're rolling. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. Scott, I know
0: Scott Schmidt's probably super happy about that. <laughs>
2: but but they're they're doing such a better job mm-hmm. at at handling the customer experience through a drive-through that is now got 10 times the people in it that's ever had in it so hmm. and we've had to do the same thing i mean the car buying experience man you can just you can roll you're in and out of there yeah yeah and i i'm just so blown away at how we have done such a good job at learning to provide so much more with hmm. less yeah
0: and, and it's hey. it's always a learning experience we're still pivoting and figuring out how how we can be the best provide the most customer centric experience but even the drive through example what's crazy and i and i heard this Uh, case study from Kane, the average Chick-fil-A spot, you know, they're a drive-through location just like any other fast food joint, right? But the the average gross of like a a Chick-fil-A location per year is like something like five times the amount that um, your other fast food chain is. And that's because Chick-fil-A pairs their understanding of technology with just Kindness, right. you know, and they have a way that they say things, you know, "my pleasure," like all yeah, that stuff. Customers pleasure. are just so excited to be treated well, you know. Yeah,
2: you're right, Jennifer and myself. It was it was funny. We went through. You brought up Chick fil A. Uh-huh. We went through the Chick fil A drive through. We pull up because that's what she wanted. So mm-hmm. we but we go into the drive through. There is uh, her and I and uh, my stepson Rob uh-huh. and we we're in the truck and we order lunch. And this girl, there's these. They have these these girls running all over the place with laptops, iPads <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And they come up to the truck window, they get your name, they get an order, and we hadn't even moved ten feet, and then here comes somebody with a tray, and they they walk up to your window and they just verify your name and they hand you your meal and you just drive off, and there are people everywhere, mm. and that experience was just blown. It blows you away, and they're doing it with such speed and accuracy that it really makes you question. And I know we keep going back to this, but I can't express enough about how we've learned so much over the last two months, Mm. how much we can do if we just really are forced to excel and, and raise the expectations of customer service. Yeah, Mr. Schmidt and Wendy's a prime example. He's got a kid in drive through down there. I don't know his name. Shame on me for not getting it.
0: And I know I who you're talking that. about though, because the guy is an awesome. He's awesome employee. Yeah. And he's
2: just man. He's just he rolls. And you just the the word, you feel like you're talking to somebody that you've known your whole life through a speaker. That before you're out there going, yeah, you can't hear him, and, you're <laughs> and it's just I love seeing how the communities has come together to embrace such a what could be such a terrible time which is terrible hmm. but everybody has come together and just figured out a way to be just we're going to survive absolutely you no know, you
0: know? no this can be without a doubt and Justin Clark said it on the last episode of the podcast this could be one of the most innovative periods in our sure. in our city's history maybe ever right i agree this yeah. is
2: going to be what will you know, everybody says, well, there's going to be so many people that won't recover from this and what. Hey, look, I think in any any day-to-day business, there's a there's a path that we're destined to go down. Mm. Good business owners, good patrons, good 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 people are on the right path and they're going to go down it and they're going to be rewarded at the end. Mm. Back to the success thing. Absolutely. But, you know, so businesses that don't succeed, maybe they weren't on the right path to succeed to begin with. Mm. I perceive this to be an opportunity where businesses are going to become so much stronger and understand what people want more so than ever right now if they'll just allow it to happen
0: absolutely absolutely um hoyt yeah man this has been incredibly insightful i appreciate you speaking on everything you have i mean is there is there anything else that um you'd like to relay to the people listening or the small businesses that are in this with us i mean how can we I guess uh, what's your advice to maybe someone that's uh, struggling during this time or is looking for um, a direction of what they could be improving on?
2: Use the tools you have around you. Mm.
1: Um,
2: I think after every, every day I assure you that Tim Glockner and myself and, and, and all the you know, the management's team here working fine in other dealers, other business partners, mm. other businesses in town. You know, we just have those think tank sessions where you talk about what one's doing to help help get through things. Uh, go back to how we started this conversation and you asked about how Tim and I's relationship sparked. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be down the street from another competitor and it be a strictly competition aspect to where there's no, you know, there's nothing but animosity between you. Of course. Dealers and businesses alike of any sorts need to utilize each other through these times because mm. it's imperative that everybody succeed and get through it. Yeah. So I think the biggest advice people say, you know, what are you all doing to win? What are you doing to succeed? We're using the tools that we haven't pulled out of the toolbox for a long time. Mm. And unfortunately, we found a lot of that to be just the knowledge of people around us and our peers. You know, uh, dealers need to go ask our salespeople what they feel like they need to do right now to win. Mm. They'll be amazed at what they get told. And business is business, you know. It's just if you have good processes in place and you follow those processes and you put yourself and create a strong united front for a community and go to work every day, mm. you know, that people appreciate that. Absolutely. And that's what it takes to win. You mm. know, uh, I think everybody needs to, you know, some people, I'm a, I'm a God-fearing man. I believe you, you know, I, I think your faith needs to be really, really above board right now. You know, mm. I think there's a I think there's there's a, a sense of peace and knowing that we have have the good lord above watching over us. And that and that's important too. Mm-hmm. You know, so just use every tool you have in your toolbox and go enjoy your family. Get mm. outdoors. Go spend some time.
0: <laughs> Speaking of outdoors, what well, you're you're a bit of a fisherman yourself, man. I, I <laughs> and I bring I bring this up because every single person on the podcast has related like a a large part of uh, their life philosophy or their um success to what their sport is or pastime. Like it seems to kind of be like weaved into who you are as a person. Why fishing? Like, what?
2: I think competitive sports in general mm. are good for, good for people. Yeah. You know, competition is great. If you can compete in any sport you do, you know, basketball, it, it don't matter, whatever it is, competition's good because you challenge yourself. Yep. I am an avid fisherman. I love the fish. I love the time on the lake. Um, it is, probably one of the, I, I I say fishing and golf is probably two of the, one of the most intriguing sports to me that's out there because it's nothing but you and, and the fish. I mean, you know, you, mm-hmm. you want to catch fish, you can get, go figure out how to catch them. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a game that you play. Sure. Everybody has the same opportunity. Yeah. It's just the person who goes and uh, figures out the and beats the fish. Mm-hmm. You know, I fish competitively. Um, a lot of people, you know, we've, we haven't much this year, but that was part of my deal with Tim. I said, "Look, there's some there's some tournaments. Yeah. I'm going to have to travel and fish, and <laughs> you know." And, but and people say, "Why do you do it?" Well, it's there's nothing like the challenge of overcoming Mother Nature and the fish. Mm. You are know, not competing against the guys on the lake with you. Yeah, you know, it's just how like we talked about it, what determines success. I've had a lot of successful days fishing where I got my tail beat off. You know, I mean, it just, there's 200 boats in a tournament, and I finished 199, and that's because number 200 broke down, you know, it just, <laughs> yeah. but, but those were successful days. Mm. You find the success in whatever you do. Sports is something that challenges people, mm. you know, and if you're competitive and you can, you win at sports, man, you're going to win in life, mm. and understand, winning is not just a scoreboard, yeah. you know, I've come out of tournaments that I've won that, I look up, but I didn't have a good tournament. Yeah, you know. So you, it's funny you laugh about how a lot of the people and the successful business people you do a podcast with, they can relate their life back to a sports mm-hmm. and a sports analogy that's there. And I think a lot of that's just for that very reason. Yeah, you know, if you can be successful in the sports world, and that just means you're a competitor. Yeah, and you also do a good job at defining what success is there. It's not just winning or losing. Now it's you know, it, to not win is just, you know, you, you got to set out to win. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we don't compete. Of course, win, of course. Take something away from every.
0: Event. Yeah. Neil Patel says it really well, though. And I love this quote from him where he says, Entrepreneurs lose, they just try not to lose in the same way again. Sure. Right? That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And so you're building building an understanding of why you lost yeah. and just
2: and to, to lose and not gain some wealth of knowledge out of there. Mm. You've just wasted a, a golden opportunity. Of course, you know, and if you don't do so, you're never gonna win. Mm. You know, I'm not, it's been well said. And you know, my wife, God, poor Jennifer, she knows whether we're winning or losing. <laughs> to do or you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. But a lot of times I come home and she's just like, God, you know, hope you have a good day tomorrow. And yeah, yeah. you had a battle today, and that and that tells me that you know, look, you can't. You know, I'm just, I'm a competitor, and mm. I can't stand to not win, and that's, and I'm not bashful about that. Yeah. I wouldn't consider myself to be a sore loser, but I'm out. I don't want to lose. Mm. But then there's a, a you know there's a definition to what's winning, mm. uh, and just you know I think we focus hard on that every day. You know intensity has to be the number one thing right now. You know people who are real intense about what they do in every single part of their life right now are going to rise to the top.
1: Mm.
2: so I don't you know I don't care if it's if you're going to mow the grass today go do it with intensity
0: absolutely because
2: people who are not running at an optimal level of intensity right now and whatever they're doing are going to get left behind mm. you know there's a lot of young people that have figured life out right now and and I'm proud of that you know mm. I'm proud to see those young people coming on in our industry mm. who are challenging me to do a better job at even running a dealership you know so it's and in the fishing world yes the young people have figured it out. You know, I got <laughs> I got, well, I got a thirteen year old buddy that fishes with me that beats me like a drum every day. Yeah, so
0: yeah, it was funny, right? While everyone was closed down, I was laughing at your son sending you that video of him out on your boat. When yeah, <laughs> that in the dealership
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I had the you know, my my stepson, he does finance for us down at Don and Twitter. Yeah, and, and Rob's a up-and-coming star in the in the business world you know he's got a great head straight out of high school he just you know about to turn 20 years old in june and you know it's just phenomenal what he's turned into yeah but at the same time through these trying times we had to make some decisions so i ended up i was forced i laid my own kid off you know and i'm <laughs> like god well all that did is he went back home and he's sending me videos Hit the had, boat. <laughs> he's got the boat and he's out fishing while we're at work so it's uh you know it's just making the best of the times you have so mm,
0: absolutely and Hoyt we're glad to have you here man I mean you brought not only yourself but a team of winners with you um, and so yeah couldn't be more happy about having more people on the team with the same vision of excellence and compassion for the community so
2: I can't tell you how proud I am to be here mm. I mean that's uh, you know it's it was a, a big move a big shift a big change because it was a, a whole lifestyle change mm. I mean I've uprooting my family and moving my wife to Ohio, and it's yeah, you know, we're going to become part of this community, mm. and that was a big decision. Yeah, and, and I'm I, I've never looked up one day and haven't just been so thankful that Tim and I, you know, we made the decision to do this and to be part of this family, to be part of this dealership. It's just unreal. You know, mm. everybody here is just amazing. Yeah, uh, I wish everybody could had the ability to come and spend time here to just see just what I'm talking about. Because mm. it's uh, it's it's heartwarming.
0: Yeah, it really is. Hoyt, thanks so much, man. Hey, thank you, Connor. Yep, everybody
1: have a good day.